The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set. Give yourself a hand or take two. They're small, tiny in fact. Teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Hello and God bless. My name is Jim Bob Duggar from the hit television series 19 Kids and Counting. And I'm Michelle Duggar. I'm a human gestation pod for the Lord. As you might have read, we've been victimized by an evil, devilish media scandal. The media agenda. Media just. People have asked us, wow, Jim Bob. How do you and Michelle stay so even-keeled and unaffected by all the turmoil and improper touching? Turmoil is the devil's work. Yes, it is, Michelle. I like shoes. Shoes are fun. Here's how we achieve our current state of glazed, vacant, emotionless bliss. From the folks at Quiverful Laboratory in Heber Springs, Arkansas, we've been taking all-new, maximum-strength Coltapraxapro. Right you are, honey. Maximum Strength Cultapraxapro is a cocktail of the world's finest anti-anxiety and anti-psychotic medications, including... Chlorpromazine, Loxapac, Drolaptin, Perfenazine, Compazine, Zaphris, Abilify, Loracidone, Seroquel, Zeprexa, Clozapine, Nipalept, and Haloperidol. Praise the Lord, there's an actual halo... Anafranil, Norpramin, Sinequan. Trofranil, Marplan, Nardil, MSAM, Parnate, Xanax, Libria, Clonopin, Valium, Ativan, and Serex. Depakote, Lyrica, Neurotin, Tenormin, Corgar, Provasic, Enderol or Betacron, Moban, Risperol, Zalexa, Prozac, Luvox, Soloft, Prestique, Cymbalta, Fetzema. Elevil, Amioxid, Doxapin, Novaril, White Zinfandel, Chlorhexphenadryl, Adipin, Vivictil, Humoril, Valdoxin, Wellbutrin, Metatone, and Alpha Ethyltryptamine. Just take one Cultipraxapro with food. Oh, I take six or seven an hour. That's nice. My name is Michelle. Do-da, do-da. It's Cultipraxapro from Quiverful Labs. When praying just isn't enough to stun you into an anesthetized cult-like state of emotional paralysis. Consult your Quiverful auditor before taking Cultipraxapro. You should not take six or seven Cultipraxapro per hour. Side effects include dry mouth, wet mouth, lifeless eyes, Jersey girl hair, the barfs, pins and needles, rocks and garbage, dizziness, euphoria, no sense of right and wrong, spastic tongue, moral superiority, the clap, ferret face, hysterical deafness, crusty limb balls, lengthy toenails, ectopic ectoplasm, the side hugs, gingivitis, bigotry, volcanic sputum, waxy lips, pubic staining, lens flare, gargantuan epiglottis, intravenous to Milo, finger hair, and lung butter. Cultipraxapro. Use only as recommended. Is it time for me to say improper touching again? Improper touching? Proper touching? It's improper touching. 
September 1, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob Seska, that is Chez Pazienza, sitting right over there, suffering from gargantuan epiglottis. Hey there. <laughs> Hello. We're brought to you uh, every show by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best show in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you want free legal advice, head over to TheBowenLawGroup.com slash Bob and Chez, or just click the link in the podcast page. Go do it. Okay, you know, I want to be uh, abundantly clear right at the top of the show because uh, we're running into a a timeliness issue today. (laughs) We're actually recording this show on Wednesday, on uh, August 31, and not really on September 1. We had to do this, uh, we had to get, we knocked the show out a little bit, little bit early by about 12 hours or so uh, because of, well, you're still in Louisiana, right? I am, yes. And, you know, based on your Facebook page, what are the chances that Chez is going to become a Louisiana resident anytime soon? Because, uh, I mean, you're just, you're eating it up. You're just devouring that town right now. I mean, uh, almost, almost literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really, really, really like it here. Yeah. It's, um... You know, it's it's wonderfully weird and it's very real, and I, I have an appreciation for that. You know, it's great. I mean, I've, we've gone out, uh, you know, gone out every night. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, eaten amazing food and had uh, had lots of drinks and just sort of wandered. And you know, I mean, it's it's been fun. It really has. So there's no chance that you would actually move to New Orleans because I know a lot of people they they go to. New Orleans, and they say, "Well, look, this is pretty great here. <laughs> why don't we just, why don't we just live here?" And you're not, you're not. Yeah, I mean, that. you know, it's it's when I first got here. Um, there's a friend of mine who moved here from from Austin, and um, and you know, and I didn't even know he was here. I, I thought he was still in Austin, and so he contacts me, and he's like, "You know what?" He's like, "Let's let's go." You know, when you get in, this is when I got in on uh, mm. on last Saturday. He's like, "Let's you know, let's go get a drink and." He's like, we'll go to, you know, I'm staying downtown. He's like, walk or or Uber or cab or whatever to basically the the other side of the French Quarter, like really, really sort of, you know, deep and far into the quarter. Yeah. Um, and this place called Our Bar that's owned by uh, Greg Dooley of the Afghan Wigs, you know, oh, just yeah. uh, just you know, uh, beat up uh, old who gives a shit bar. Mm. And I show up there and he's sitting there having some. You know, he's already like three drinks in, <laughs> and and he just says he's like, yeah, he's like, I just I moved here because just nobody gives a. Shit. He's like, it is just a, that kind of town. Yeah, and yeah, and I really kind of have an appreciation for that. It's just it just seems like it's your it's completely your speed. It just seems like it's a like very a, it's a, a very um, it's really hard to to be here and to not feel a yeah. little bit like you're Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, I, I blended in really quickly mm-hmm. and. Every meeting that I've had so far, because you know I have to come out here for the show that I'm doing and, and interview yeah. people ahead of time, and and you know every interview that I've done, um, mm. I mean not for the show show, but like when I had to come out and scout, yeah. every interview that I did, um, 
since it a lot since what what I'm doing while well, I can't go into any detail about it, it some of it it has to do with crime to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know, so I've been I've it, it all it turned into drinking and it turned into <laughs> discussions about what this town is like sure. and you know the undercurrent that runs through it and it you know I mean and it's just I like that that's everybody's attitude. Everybody's attitude is what the. F- ever yeah exactly and that's the impression i've always gotten it it just seems like uh you are absolutely you're in your element in yeah, louisiana if i didn't have a New if Orleans. i didn't have a job yeah. um that required me to be in la i i don't know i mean i may just i would might i would be very tempted to call taryn and just be like you know what i i passed by i passed by a place last night that's a a, a really big one bedroom in the quarter for 1400 a month there Let's you go this is why we're doing the show a day early because the uh well not necessarily not necessarily a full day early but but pretty close uh and it's in normally we do the show we record yeah. the show at about 7 a.m west coast time on tuesday and thursday but, right, we're, but I'm we're two hours ahead of you you're, you're two hours ahead plus and my and my days this is this is a real rarity this is the first time on this show that i've had any time at all during the day yeah right because right. usually usually my, i'm i'm like if i'm I mean, this the schedule on this one hasn't been quite as crazy, but I mean, the last time I was out, it was, you know, seven in the morning until nine at night. And that, you know, but at least today, you know, today I have I have a little bit of time during the day. I've got another, mm-hmm. you know, we've got another thing that, that needs to be done uh, in less than an hour. So I know we need to get moving on this. But uh, oh, yeah, sure, but, sure. Th- but thankfully, it's all thankfully, it's all um, uh, that particular thing that we're doing is here at the hotel. So I'm, well, I'm needless to say, run downstairs. I mean, we don't know what the hell happened during Trump's speech about immigration, which he's set to this deliver Wednesday true. night. We don't know what's going on there, but we do know Trump is already we can assume he's going to insult Mexicans. <laughs> Trump has already met with President Nieto of uh, of Mexico. And uh, already the revelations are emerging. Already the stories are emerging from that meeting. First of all, uh, they just got done with a joint press conference. Second of all, from what I understand, during the meeting, Trump admitted during the press conference that during the meeting with, uh, with President Nieto that uh, they did not discuss payment for the wall. That was like the one thing... That Trump said he was one go- job. Yes, the one job Trump has been promising his people for 14 months now, over and over again, every day, campaigning and stumping and talking about this, is that not only we're going to build the wall, but we're going to make the, the we're going to make Mexico pay for the goddamn wall. And of course, he goes to meet with the president of Mexico, and they don't mention payment of the wall. Nope. So dumb. He said the two, uh, the two people, the two, uh, I don't know what you would call, there's one leader and Trump. <laughs> the, the two people who in this meeting, quote unquote, didn't discuss payment of the wall. Uh, quote, we recognize and respect the right of either country to build a physical barrier or wall, Trump said in a statement that followed a closed door meeting with Peña Nieto in Mexico City. He also said, quote, I love the United States very much, and we want to make sure the people of the United States are very well protected. The GOP nominee uh, renewed his call for an improvised or for improved trade deal with Mexico and said NAFTA, quote, has been far greater benefit to Mexico than it has been to the United States. Right. And, uh, and then the payment thing, uh, Peña Nieto said his conversation with Trump was, quote, open and constructive and added that, quote, even though we may not agree on everything, I trust that together we'll be able to find better prosperity. He said the, oh God, he said that, that that really just annoys me. Yeah. 
He said the U.S.-Mexico border should be viewed as a joint opportunity, calling for improved infrastructure and technology to improve its safety and efficacy. But Peña Nieto also called on the U.S. to do more to stop the flow of guns and money into Mexico, where he said they feed the nation's powerful drug cartels, on and on and on. And already, the tweets are coming down from the establishment press. Ari Melber of MSNBC, of liberal MSNBC, tweeted this. On political optics, an effective little trip, a more, quote-unquote, presidential and calm image than Trump's news coverage over the past, say, four weeks. That's to all which, it takes. That is all it takes. Yep, they will, they, will, they will quickly forget. Hulk smash press. Yep, it takes nothing at all to impress them. Oh, God, because, no. because they, they Because they have to... And, and when you know this, you can you can work the system yeah. because they have to appear. They they're they're dying to appear objective. Yeah, God, they're dying to appear quote unquote fair. Right. They're just what they're dying to do is play the Trump redemptive narrative here, the Trump turnaround narrative. To which I say, no, 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 no. I mean, literally, just no. Do not go down this road. Do not give him the benefit of the doubt. He does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. He's gone down there. It wasn't even a meeting that he called for. He was invited to go down there. He he didn't promise the he didn't discuss the one thing he's been promising his people all this time. It just, I just I don't want to hear about how Donald Trump suddenly looks presidential. Yep, that, and that's it, man. That's all it takes. I mean. Then again, you could put a cardboard standee behind a podium doing a joint press conference, and that cardboard standee will look presidential. You have to bear in mind that this guy has no, 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 no desire to be seen as presidential looking. If he did, he wouldn't be the guy that we see there every goddamn day on the stump screaming and ranting and gesticulating and promising crazy things. Yep. No interest in being presidential at all. And he doesn't, again, I can't emphasize this. And no enough. matter what he does, it doesn't make up for, it doesn't make up for the past 15 months. Yes, 15 months of this. Just, just crazy. Just absolute unmitigated crazy. I know words. I had the best words. This. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> and suddenly... He goes to Mexico and, oh, great political optics. Effective little trip, says liberal MSNBC. So annoying. Just so utterly awful. And, and I know they're just dying to do it. They're dying to do it. They've been queuing up these tweets for, for weeks now. Since the conventions, they've been queuing up these tweets. Maybe even before then, when Trump was originally intended to pivot right after the convention. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here's the real Trump. Here's the presidential Trump. Great optics by Donald Trump. Yep. Yeah, Meanwhile, they've been waiting for it. And you know what? The uh, I mean, look, it's not it isn't there yet, but there's a bit they're making a big stink about the fact that, uh, you know, Hillary's unfavorability rating is way up. And, uh, you know, the, the the big email scandal and and uh, 538 now has Donald Trump up to a whole 25 percent. Oh, my God. Chance of winning. 
By the way, why the hell? I, I turned in uh, MSNBC last night. I was watching Lawrence O'Donnell or or the Trump show. Is basically, I'm waiting for someone to make a supercut of all the times that <laughs> Lawrence O'Donnell says Trump. Or this show, for that matter, for God's sake. But then afterwards, uh, Chris Hayes came on um, with a sort of an 11 o'clock live show. And they had sort of a roundtable, and they kept cutting away to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was speaking on the stump in Washington State for some reason. In in Washington, where he is, he has a three point nine percent chance of winning, according right. to five thirty eight. And for some reason, he's campaigning in Washington. This is with his new staff. This is with his new people who are supposed to be smarter and more politically adept than the old people. And yet, for whatever reason, even if it was like a Paul Manafort thing from prior to him being fired, why the hell did they, I mean, did they ever think in a million years that they would be contending Washington, of all places? I mean, Washington. There's no chance that Donald Trump, Donald Trump might as well go campaign in, I don't know, Washington, D.C., for God's sake, where he's got even less of a chance of winning. (laughs) Just dumb, dumb, dumb. And this this is all stuff that... Uh, you know, you really should hear more about, but now we're going to hear about, oh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump met with uh, President uh, Peña Nieto of, uh, of Mexico, and now he's all of a sudden all kinds of presidents. He got his act together. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, uh, the former president of Mexico called out Donald Trump for lying. He, uh, I mean, this is so funny that we're seeing all these people just tweeting. I, I think it's so weird that Vicente Fox just like tweeted to Donald Trump. Yeah. It's weird. We live in a whole new world now, man. I'm telling you. He tweeted, uh, real Donald Trump, comma, I invited you to come and apologize to all Mexico. Stop lying. Mexico is not yours to play with. Show some respect. Oh, I should have read the original tweet, which is Donald Trump uh, eight hours ago saying, former President Vicente Fox, who is railing against my visit to Mexico today, also invited me when he apologized for using the F-bomb. Yeah, and, and uh, Fox is like, no, no, I didn't invite you to Mexico. What the hell are you talking about? You liar. Mexico is not yours to play with. Show some respect. Boy, at this point, I, I, I wish Trump had met with this guy and not uh, Peña Nieto. Right. Who clearly, I mean, I, I thought that this was going to be some sort of trap. I mean, how is it working for Peña Nieto to actually uh, be conciliatory toward Donald Trump in front of his own people? Seems bizarre to me, doesn't it? You know, this can't. I know. I worry. I mean, I worry. I worry I'm, about this. I, I think that this too. can happen. I think that yep. for all of the, uh, for all of the very strong possibility that Clinton will win, there's the possibility she won't, and that we will have Donald fucking Trump for president of the United States. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing we know for sure. Is that this race is going to get tighter before it uh, before it opens up again, and uh, I don't know what's going to cause that tightening. It could be just about anything, but yeah. uh, it could be uh, it could be more of the debates. But I mean, if, if you look at the actual bar graphs on five thirty, and I know we're late for a break here, but I just want to get this out. Uh, if you look at the bar graphs on five thirty eight. Things are becoming more and more narrow as time goes on. And it's just a matter of whether or not it's like your musical chairs analogy. It's like whoever's, whoever's still, uh, whoever gets that last chair 
when the music stops, yeah. they're present. Whoever, whoever happens to be, it's whoever happens to have the have control of the narrative when the music stops. Yep. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a backlash by the press. They're already catching heat from the Republicans and especially the Trump people about their coverage of or their lack of coverage of Hillary Clinton's emails and the uh, and the Clinton Foundation and people like Glenn Greenwald, who we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, uh, bitching that the press isn't being hard enough on Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation and all of her cronies at the Clinton Foundation. Yeah, I mean, God, for God's sake, you wouldn't believe this. Just him. He doesn't (laughs) matter. (laughs) All right, we're going to talk about that and a lot more right after we talk about Harry's Razors. Let's get into it. You know, I really love my new Harry's Razors. They're brand new. It's the usual five-blade cartridge, but it includes now a softer flex hinge for even a more comfortable shape. One of those little trimmer blades where you can get the hard-to-reach space, especially, guys, you know that space right below where your nose meets your upper lip, and that it's you can't shave that little spot. The trimmer blade takes care of all that. Plus, it's got a lubricating strip now and a textured handle for more control when it's wet. Now, I've been using Harry's shaving products for many, many months now. I've spent a lot of time on the air and off telling people about how much I love Harry's. As I've said before, I get a close, smooth, comfortable shave with Harry's, a shave that's every bit as good as the big name brands, and for a whole lot less money, a whole lot less. I love the German-engineered blades that come straight from Harry's factory to me. I even love the packaging. No middleman, no trips to stores, no more crazy prices. Harry's blades cost half of what the big brands charge. I love that, too. I love the way other uh, razor companies, well, I actually don't love the way other razor companies jack up their prices whenever they come out with a new model. And the price didn't go up a penny. Even with all these new features of Harry's razors, no no uh, jacking you around on the price. I love that. And it makes Harry's introductory offer even sweeter. That weighted handle, great smelling moisturizing shave cream, three of those amazing cartridges, and a travel cover for just 10 bucks. Normally $15, Harry knocks off $5 when you use the promo code BANDC at harrys.com. Stay away from those cheap disposables. Stop paying for too much, paying too much for quality. Support this show, your face and your wallet, by using the code BANDC at Harry's.com. The Bob and Jed Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Thursday show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I uh, I was hanging out on Facebook late yesterday afternoon, and I uh, it was actually Tuesday afternoon, and I saw this picture of Chris Christie getting out of his uh, his SUV to go to the that, Springsteen. That was pure pure genius. That is well, that is one for the ages. That comment of yours. <laughs> so Chris Christie, um, as you know, Chris Christie uh, is is a tad overweight. I just I don't know if you noticed that. I'm, I'm going to try not to. Uh, I've been accused of body shaming Chris Christie lately. Oh, you know, I know. But uh, he gets out of this SUV in this picture and he's wearing like the, the tightest like uh, like red golf shirt that I've ever seen. And then he's got his khaki shorts that are way too short on him, jacked up to his armpits with a black belt. And of course, between the red, the black belt and then the light-colored shorts around his, uh, shall we say, hmm, spheroid body. Mm-hmm. He looks just like a pokeball. I, I, I just, I'm just throwing that out there. It looks like a pokeball. Posted to 
posted it on my Facebook page. So you can follow me on Facebook to take a look at uh, Chris Christie dressed like a Pokeball. I didn't know it was like cosplay night at the Springsteen concert. Like Chris Christie leaving the house saying, hey, you know what? You know, everyone's dressing up for the Springsteen concert. I think I'm going to go as a Pokeball. I'm going <laughs> to cosplay as a Pokeball. ridiculous. And then I, God, I love my readers. I love my readers some days. Someone, someone actually photoshopped a Pokeball, an actual Pokeball, onto Chris Christie's body. So he's like literally wearing a Pokeball. But it looks exactly the same as what he was wearing anyway. You just yeah. wonder, like, did he, why, why didn't, what's his wife's name? Jeannie? What's his, I, don't, what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember what Chris Christie's wife is named. It's something like Mary Pat or something. Che- cheeseburger. <laughs> That's right. I believe. I mean, Mary Pat, I guess, is it Mary Pat? I don't know. It's a white name. Uh, let him go out of the house dressed like that. I mean, that's, come on. You got to, you know, you're married to Chris Christie. At least throw in a little bit of help and, uh, and tell him, you know, Chris, untuck the shirt. Yep. Just, I mean, I don't know. The shorts are a little short and you may be able to get away with that because you're an older guy, but untuck the shirt. Seriously, do you really have he to just, tuck? He's just a ridiculous creature. <laughs> I know. All right. So uh, moving along here on uh, on today's show, I want to talk about this now. Trump supporters. Trump supporters are really, really mad at me. I was saying uh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting body sh- like I'm I'm getting accused of body shaming. By- are you really? Did anybody actually use that stupid millennial buzzword on you? Not the, literally the two the hyphenated word body shaming, but. I have been getting oh yeah don't be, don't 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 scold him because he's fat you know no I am going to scold him because he's fat <laughs> I'm absolutely going to scold him because he's the size of a fucking house <laughs> but um, so I'm not only getting it on my left for that and the the whole burkini thing which I'm revisiting for the banter magazine now you should be able to see it at the dailybanter.com at this point but. Um, <laughs> I'm also getting it now from Trump supporters due to my salon article that went live yesterday about uh, about Donald Trump and the debate about how Donald Trump isn't preparing for the presidential debates. He's not doing any mock debates. All he's doing is having lunches with Laura Ingram and uh, and Steve Bannon to discuss the debates. But he's refusing. We talked about this on Tuesday. He's refusing to do any preparation for the presidential debates. Not realizing that this is the big leagues now. This is like the World Series. He's not doing some AAA game in some podunk town in the middle of nowhere, which was what the, the primary debates were. This is the real deal. This is where people who are undecided are going to be tuned in to find out who they should vote for, to, to kind of make the final deciding uh, look at the, uh, at the two presidential candidates. After, you know, for a lot of undecided people, they're not really following along the campaign, and they usually don't until the debates roll around, and then they finally start to make up their mind. For this, Donald Trump isn't going to prepare at all. Yeah. Which is a which is a big mistake. So I wrote an article about all of this, and the headline that the headline goes: Well, the debates finally kill off Trump 2016. The Donald is walking into a disaster. That's the headline. Right. So now already I'm getting annihilated on Twitter. I, my my Twitter feed right now is just loaded with Trump people accusing me of dealing in a an assassination dog whistle. Like, this headline is fantasizing about assassinating Donald Trump. In fact, there's, a, uh, there's already a blog post up at a website called hotgas.net. And the headline is, is Salon actively dog whistling for Trump's assassination? 
and oh, the uh, oh god <laughs> can i you know what yeah. can i can i like i'm i'm not Please. going to dog whistle for trump's assassination i'm going to say flat out <laughs> that trump that'll yeah, get I mean, edited out i'm not going to worry about it that'll get edited out <laughs> I, you know what i'll just i'll just bleep the whole thing <laughs> I, like I don't I mean I don't know I mean you know look it's it's one of those things that you, you no one ever actually openly wishes for um and, no, and totally except for chess I can't say that no. that this will all be edited I'm sorry I should or, or or maybe it won't be uh-oh <laughs> unless you want me to leave it in I could take it out but uh, I, I prefer to leave it in oh, do you want probably me? not good I probably not a good idea okay. I like the idea of bleeping it all <laughs> Because that way everyone will be asking me for a week, what did you say? Yeah, what did you say, Chaz? What did you say that he even had to bleep it for the Patreon people? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I mean, the fact is that I don't really think that Trump should be assassinated. But the, And the headline doesn't imply assassinating Trump anyway. It obviously, you know, clearly this is about, I mean, do I really have to explain it? Do I really have to go into the explanation? Suffice to say, there are now lots of tweets and lots of blog posts that are ripping me for this particular headline. Uh, you know, it says, uh, is Salon actively dog whistling for Trump's assassination? If Hillary, would, if Hillary can talk what? about dog whistles, so can we. And then they post the, my yeah, tweet of my yeah, own article. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that I wouldn't have done had I been them. Um, only, be, only because you don't want to be accused of that. That's, you know, I'm not saying, they're of course not, they're not, advocating that yeah but you just you don't even you don't even want to give them any ammo no no certainly not and this is so, maybe so to speak see i use another you know another <laughs> why, yeah, why are you fantasizing about ammo right you want to give them any ammo you want to you know you is, don't want to blow you don't want to uh, have them step on a landmine and blow them up is this because you want to assassinate donald trump Chez? this is, is, not th is that why you said ammo dog whistler you. you know, you know where I'm going. I'm in New Orleans. You know what that means. I'm going to go find David Ferry and Clay Shaw. <laughs> that's right. Oh man, that's that's perfect. Yeah, right. And I'm looking at the comments here too. And of course, I see the first comment I read. I don't know and do not care who the f Bob Seska is, but I know he is absolutely delusional. Dude, this, that's that should be on your business card. I know. This is like Trump supporter telling me that I'm delusional. That's, that's the kind of thing. Like that's like one of those uh, one of those. Uh, quotes that i use for the blog like you know the the quote the quote-unquote testimonials of just people saying that i'm an asshole. oh yeah and this is loaded with them this particular post on whatever hotgas.net is which i've oh, never okay. heard of that i've heard of hot air but i've never heard of hot gas okay so that's that is that that i'm fully expecting the uh the trump jihad to begin against me anytime well it actually already has begun but it's going to get worse before it gets better right. All right, on that note, let's take another break and come back with more show right after these words. Okay, let's talk about supporting independent media. For only $1 a month, you can help finance The Bob and Chez Show at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's 12 cents per show. Go now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez. And sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, 
$10 a month or $15 a month or whatever you can afford. If you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get special Patreon-only shows like our post-mortem wrap-up show, the Not Safe for Work after-party show, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of the free Tuesday and Thursday shows. Most of all, you'll be supporting a totally independent podcast not affiliated with corporate media. And if we reach our $7,500 per month goal, we'll bring you new shows five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. (laughs) This will never get old. Jitties. That is pretty good. Never, ever, ever. All right, the second half of today's show is brought to you by the BobSuska.com Amazon link. Also brought to you by the, oh, Amazon Prime. Just click that banner, the Amazon Prime banner on the podcast page and sign up for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. You get uh, free two-day shipping. You can enjoy popular movies and TV episodes, plus unlimited music streaming, free unlimited photo storage, and 30-minute early access to select Amazon Lightning deals. They're, they're lightning fast. They're just like that. That's how fast they are. And uh, thank you in advance for supporting us and the, uh, the Amazon link. Okay, moving along here. Um, I guess the good news coming out of uh, Mexico is that despite whatever uh, Trump happens to do to trick the press into thinking that he's more presidential or whatever the hell Trump is going to do next, that the press will fall over themselves in order to cover, at least what we know is that Hillary will have a clear advantage and and currently has a clear advantage, but I don't see this changing at all on the ground. I mean, Hillary, Hillary is going to destroy Trump on the ground. I mean, no, she's she's got him beat in terms of their campaign. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the uh, uh, there's an article on PBS NewsHour uh, about the number of Clinton ground offices, the you know, in the battleground states versus yeah. the number of Trump offices on the ground. And this is the total offices. Number of Trump offices, there are 88 Trump headquarters uh, across the United States. 88. You think, well, that's, that's kind of a lot. There's two in Pennsylvania, 18 in Virginia, 16 in Ohio, 22 in Wisconsin. There are, there's, there's one in Arizona, uh, three in Georgia, one, only one in Florida. That's really interesting. He's got one in Indiana for some reason, even though he's pretty much got Indiana locked up. He's right. still there for some reason. I don't understand any of that. But, okay, so that's a total of 88 Trump offices. There are 291 yep. Clinton offices uh, nationwide that we're talking about. 36 in Ohio, 36 in Pennsylvania. Then right there, I mean, that's more offices in Ohio and Pennsylvania than all of Trump's offices. Uh, there are 29 Hillary Clinton offices in Virginia, 30 in North Carolina, one in Georgia. She's got two in Arizona. Uh, there's one in Indiana, 23 in Michigan, 33 in Wisconsin, 18 in Colorado, 17 in New Hampshire. I mean, this is unstoppable. On top of right. the, um, you know, what they've very likely got going on, and I'm sure we'll hear the, about this specifically after the election, which is the the Obama strategy of targeting precincts using census data. Just going yeah, through no. the no, I think that she's she's got a, an infinitely, you know, an infinitely smarter campaign yeah. than than he does. You know, a statistical, a surgical, a very very intelligent campaign. Right. Uh, whereas he, of course, is just Donald Trump, so everything's. F- 
fucking slapdash. Yeah, of course, of course. And Trump hasn't really even bothered. I mean, certainly he's not bothering to prepare for the debates. He has no ground game whatsoever. I mean, especially compared with Hillary Clinton. There's just no strategy on the ground. There's nothing that he's got going on to get people out to vote. He's actually turned down the idea of a get out the vote effort. Right. Oh, they're going to they're going to turn out. You just watch. They're going to turn out. Instead, what he's doing, he's gathering people. He's gathering a goon squad to intimidate people while they wait in line. Right. Or, that's wh- that's the that's the Trump get out the vote uh, plan. Yeah. <laughs> just just go there. You're just going to just basically just hire Moose, Moose and Rocco <laughs> to intimidate people. This is going to rough people up while they're yeah. coming out of the polling places. Hey, you vote for Donald Trump? You vote for Donald Trump? You? Hey, you? Right. You right yep. there? You vote for uh, no, I voted. Well, okay. Then uh, I'm just going to follow you home, and we're going to talk about why you didn't vote for Donald Trump, huh? Hmm? Okay, please don't. <laughs> just a bunch of mafia guys. Again, I'm still, I'm still looking for anyone has any evidence whatsoever uh, linking uh, uh, Donald Trump to the mob. <laughs> I've still got word out for that. Still trying to gather some information as, long, as, as far as that goes. All right, we're going to take a... Uh, we're going to take an early break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Glenn Greenwald. Oh, and good. We talked about this a little bit on Tuesday, but there was one part of Glenn Greenwald's interview with Democracy Now! that... Wait, wait, who are we, who are we talking about? Glenn, you know, remember Glenn Greenwald? Who's that? Yeah, you know, I, I think... I don't know what he does. I, I think I he feel, lives in I Brazil. Like I've heard the, I feel, feel like I've heard the name, but well, I don't know. Evidently, he lives with monkeys. There are a lot of monkeys. In his yard. Like lots of dogs and lots of monkeys. Exciting. In Brazil. All right, one last break. Back with more show after this. Hey, dude. Being at the racetrack is a blast. High five. Whoa, man. Uh, you can put your arm down now. What? You gonna leave me hanging? Come on. Bring it in for a hug. Uh, that's okay, man. We're cool. Why, what's the matter? We're all buds, man. Uh, well, I, I hate to tell you, but I think you need to take a pit stop. What? I'm not driving a race car, man. No, pit stop. It's, uh, well, an all-natural deodorant that'll keep your pits from, uh, being the pits. Oh, no. My pits are the pits. Hey, don't worry, man. Luckily, my pals over at Bubble Genius have you covered. They've created all-natural stuff to help with summer stank. Everything from pit stop deodorant to cooling facial mist talc-free body powders that leave you soft, not sweaty. Hey, cool! You said it. Bubble Genius keeps you cool all summer long. BubbleGenius.com Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, thank you, Buzz. Yeah, this is the last show before the uh, the technic- technically the end of the summer. Nobody I guess so. Labor Day on Monday. Have a great day. Yeah, three day get a, weekend. Get a day what? off. That's nice for a change. Yeah, I know. I'm really. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday. This is normally when we do these things. Everybody catches the first flight out on Sunday morning since our, our you know, we should finish shooting on Saturday. Every single one of us is like, what's the latest flight you got on Sunday? Because none of us are going to be <laughs> even somewhat coherent. <laughs> That's right. The rap party for this episode is going to be 
fucking epic. And what what is that? Saturday night? You're doing Saturday the big night. party Saturday night. Saturday. So yeah, yeah it'll so. be. I mean, we've already like yeah, I've I've run into people in the quarter like from from my crew. They're just like every night. And I've wandered every night. I've gone out and just, you know. Yeah. So I mean, you're not planning on a flight that's at like 6 a.m. Sunday morning. No, I'm flying first class back at like five o'clock. <laughs> All right, where where I'll probably continue drinking on the plane. Well, did you? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you heard this yet, but uh, Joe Scarborough posted a uh, a Trump song parody. You know, uh, Trump and the Morning Joe people are at war with each other. I mean, for the longest time. Uh, it's such a shame to watch that once beautiful relationship go sour. Yes, I know, isn't it? And uh, you know. It used to be that Morning Joe was like the biggest group of cheerleaders like for Donald all true Trump. love. One day it withered on the vine. Yeah, and as soon as they start, as soon as they made one critical remark, I forget it was Joe or Mika made one critical remark about Donald Trump. It was war. I mean, Trump just went to war with them, and now they're fighting back. Now Joe Scarborough is fighting back, and he put Joe Scarborough today on his Facebook page posted a uh, a wacky uh, Trump song parody um, that is hey. just. Yeah, it's just it's loaded with uh, references to uh, small hands and small penises, and it's all it's called Amnesty Don. Here's a little bit. From out of the west rode a soft and flaccid man with fear in his eyes and a burnt orange tan. He said he'd build a wall for us. Certainly can be a song. The cowboys smell a dirty gun. Ramsey Dawn. Amnesty Dawn. Wow. Okay. Goes on and on. Yeah, Amnesty Dawn. And of course that that is what I think many Republicans are hoping Trump supporters will uh, will be saying after his uh, immigration address Wednesday night. And uh, and I don't think any Trump supporters are going to, <laughs> honestly. I think Trump supporters are going to go along with whatever he says. Trump people, I mean, Trump people—they're they're fanboys. They don't care what Trump says and doesn't say. I mean, all they want to hear is uh, right. Is it- they'll, they'll they'll rationalize if he says something like that. They'll simply say, "Oh, oh yeah, he has to say that." But we know what the truth is, and he's kind of set yep. it up that way. Exactly. You know, he specifically set it up so that so that. He's dog. He's he's not really. God, he hasn't really dog whistled. He's blurted out. Oh yeah. He's blurted out enough to where the the you know the eight chan types are you know the alt right people. They they know they're like at this point they know he's one of us. Yes, exactly. And the thing is, a lot of what Trump's fanboys want to hear is just the greatest hits. They don't care what his actual views are they don't care if he shifts his views he doesn't they don't care if he softens or hardens or whatever the hell they're talking about all they care about is that he delivers for them all of his sitcom-y catchphrases 
Yeah. Like they want to hear about crooked Hillary and they want yep. to hear about building the wall. Yeah. Who's going to build that wall? You know, that's it. That's, you know, it's a call and response. Yeah. They want to hear him say, believe me over and over it's again. It's basically, it's basically a, a, an Andrew Dice Clay show circa like 1989. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, at, at Madison Square Garden, <laughs> you know, hickory dickory dock and the whole do- crowd goes insane. <laughs> yep. Everyone loves it. You know, like when he says, what you talking about, Willis? When he says, Dino, when Trump says, Dino might, oh, the Trump people just love it. They love all of his zingers and catchphrases. And, and that's what they're all looking for. Again, they don't care. They don't care what his immigration policy is. He may lose a few people here and there, but they're already sold. They're already completely sold. And I think that's what Donald Trump is counting on. He's hoping to pick off a few people, pick off some undecideds by moderating his view. And uh, as of this point, we don't know. I mean, from what I heard, and again, we're recording this show on Wednesday for release on Thursday. But from what I understand, this is an address. His immigration speech is one that was very heavily influenced by Steve Bannon. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, one of these things where Trump is really backpedaling all that much. Although, who who the hell knows? I mean, really, who knows what he's going to do next? I don't know. I mean, the thing thing about Trump is that he's incapable of truly changing. Yeah, that's true. So because of that, you're going to get, you know, you're still good. We're doing very well. You know, we're doing better in the polls. You know, we're doing in crooked Hillary, you know, because that's him. That's all he's capable of. Yeah, right. It's Trump. the, The thing to always keep in mind about Trump, and at no point did you see it more clearly mm. than in his introduction of Mike Pence when he named him as his f***ing running mate. Right. That when Trump is not talking about himself, mm-hmm. he zones out. Oh, yeah. He doesn't care. Right. It's impossible for Trump to talk about anything. For, first of all, it's impossible for Trump to talk about anything for any length of time at all yep. because he has, he's, he's a, you know, attention deficit disorder. That's right. Um, you know, the personification of it. But he also he cannot talk about anything besides himself he gets bored so easily with that he has to constantly be bragging constantly be pushing his brand yeah because it's all about it's all about him i mean most most politicians have a really 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 gargantuan ego the fact is that trump not only has that gargantuan ego but he just he simply doesn't he doesn't know how to pretend to care yeah. And that's where I think a lot of successful politicians are, they're really adept, they're really skilled at pretending to care. I would say, you know, Bill Clinton, for example, was really great at pretending to give a about what people had to say to him. Donald Trump doesn't even have that. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care to pretend to care. It's, his whole thing is just all about him and what he's doing and how he can Right. There's no himself. empathy there. There's no sympathy. There's no anything. There is nothing but uh, narcissism. Yeah. There's nothing but self-obsession. Speaking of self-obsession, Glenn Greenwald. Let's talk about Glenn Greenwald here for a second. On Tuesday's show, we... we I'm st- I'm still, it's still not coming to me. You know, Glenn Greenwald, he wrote about that guy uh, who went to... Uh, stole a bunch of NSA documents and then went to Hong Kong and then Russia, who's not actually a, a stooge of the Russian government. I don't, I don't think I remember him either. I just... None of these people... None of them sound very familiar to me. He's basically... I think he was responsible for... It was some kind of thing that was going on in 2013. There was a story there... Oh, Glenn, oh, I know, Glenn Greenwald, played by Zachary Quinto in the forthcoming Oliver Stone movie. Okay. <laughs> Suffice to say, uh, Glenn Greenwald did an interview with uh, 
Democracy Now, one of his one of his favorite uh, platforms. And we talked about his interview a little bit on Tuesday from the perspective of, well, tr- basically Trump versus Hillary. And, well, Trump is bad, but we need to focus on all of the horrible things that, that Hillary has done, too, which is perfectly predictable for, for Glenn Greenwald to have said. What I completely missed in this interview was when Glenn Greenwald was asked about uh, how we should behave toward Trump. And Gl- Glenn Greenwald said, to uh, Amy Goodman, she said, I mean, Donald Trump is, I mean, the tactic of the Democratic Party in the last 15 years. So he's asked about Trump, and then he's got to pivot to criticizing the Democratic Party. He said, right. the, the tactic of the Democratic Party in the last 25 years, they know that ever since they became the party of sort of corporatism and Wall Street, they don't inspire anybody. Right. No one was inspired by Barack Obama. Right. Corporate you know? corporatism. <laughs> they, they, the Democrats don't inspire anybody. So their tactic is to say the Republican Party is the epitome of evil. Even when they have, and this is the, uh, the salient quote here, even when they have conventional nominees like Mitt Romney or John McCain, they demonize them and say they're this unparalleled threat to democracy. In this election, just by coincidence, it happens to be true. So while, yes, I agree that Donald Trump is, a, is an unparalleled threat to democracy, I disagree that, uh, that demonizing Mitt Romney or John McCain was a bad idea. I think Mitt Romney and John McCain, this, what this so, all... So this, so this c- is basically still <laughs> litigating 2008 and 2012. Exactly. Exactly. By saying that... Talk about somebody who can't, who can't let go of a f***ing grudge. Right. He's basically saying that we shouldn't have demonized Mitt Romney or John McCain, even though they would have done all kinds of horrible things, including stacking the Supreme Court with at least what have been now, by now, three conservative justices, amounting to a 63 conservative majority right. in now, the now Supreme I, Court. Now, I absolutely agree that uh, John McCain or a Mitt Romney is nowhere near the, right. the, the, the destabilizing threat that that donald trump is exactly yeah no. but to still again sort of paint the two parties as alike is just ludicrous yeah it's it's just it's just left-wing bloviating right and of course the the idea that romney and mccain are seem like reasonable options compared to trump i i kind of get i kind of get that i kind of get what, what you're saying i i and and i think glenn greenwald kind of concedes that a little bit the thing is though what this ultimately does is it underscores what we've been talking about all along, which is is Glenn Greenwald's privilege and the privilege of those who are in his clique, for lack of a better term. Guys like John Cusack and David Sirota and on yeah. down the line. People who just, all they care about is their couple of, of pet issues yep. and then everyone else is effectively screwed. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean... Yeah. What the 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 uh, the sanctimonious white guys? Yeah, by downplaying what Mitt Romney or John McCain would have done had they become president, reveals the privilege of these people because right. what they and especially especially when you're Glenn Greenwald, yeah, which is you have no fucking skin in the game because you don't even live here. What well, I mean, while of course democracy in the United States would have endured, perhaps we'd be eight years now into who the hell knows what. Again, we'd be talking about, we'd be looking at possibly Vice President Sarah Palin, who, by the way, had John McCain won in 2008, Sarah Palin would have been, uh, you know, a cancer survivor's breath away from the presidency. That's in and of itself dangerous enough. 
And the, certainly, as I said, the Supreme Court would be locked in a six to three advantage for conservatives, lasting many, many more decades from now. The overall effect would have been too horrible to contemplate, especially for uh, LGBT citizens, for minorities, definitely for women. I know I, for one, wouldn't have health insurance because uh, if John McCain had been elected, there wouldn't have been Obamacare. If Mitt Romney had been elected in 2012, he would have repealed Obamacare. Along And millions of others would have lost their health insurance. So it's not really a matter of democracy or not. Because you know, Glenn Greenwald's talking about a... Uh, you know, an unparalleled threat to democracy. It's not really about that. It's just a matter of remaining alive without going bankrupt in the process. That's what those two elections would have meant. And that's a big deal for a lot of people, especially when you're talking about John McCain, who was emerging out of the 2008 financial crisis, the gigantic Great Recession, which nearly destroyed millions and millions and millions of lives in the, in the process. I mean, basically, like, a world economic meltdown. And imagine John McCain coming in. Yeah. You know what? Democracy most likely would have endured. But I mean, what? that's not what Glenn Greenwald's talking about. He's basically ex- exa- exaggerating what the Democrats, how the Democrats perceived Mitt Romney and John McCain. Democrats like me and Chez, for that matter. Because we, we all knew what these candidates were all about and what they would do and how they would harm millions of people so we were entirely within our uh right to and of course empirically so to criticize john mccain and mitt romney for what they were planning to do and to to back away from and, them and whether they whether they are bad people yeah is irrelevant right when you consider when you consider the party that they represented and yep. the, the sort of lunatics who had taken over that party. But you know, now this because wasn't the Repu- this wasn't the Republican Party of the, the 80s. Yeah. You know, this was this is the Republican Party of now the lunatic, the lunatic asylum. That's right. And unless you sign on to Glenn Greenwald's plan, which is to, you know, it's a what, what the, what's the underpants known plan for Glenn Greenwald? Number one, disrupt. Number two, question mark. Number three, progressivism. Right. Doesn't doesn't work that way. And, you know, according to that plan, everything else has got to wait in line. We've got to we got to ban drones and we've got to dismember the NSA and then we can focus on the other things, you know, like health care, uh, yeah. making sure the planet doesn't completely melt. Yeah, spying with- spying on your cat pictures is one. <laughs> I know. Got to stop that metadata collection. Yeah. <laughs> That's a major priority. Civil rights, uh, reproductive rights. I can all wait. Supreme Court. Yeah. It'll eventually be liberal again 30 years from now, 40 years from now, 50 years from now, after so much crap is, is locked into precedent. That's, I mean, there's where, there's some priorities coming from the Glenn Greenwald left. God damn it. And there, you know, there, and there are still, there are still, uh, I almost said, I almost said thousands, probably millions of people who, actually agree with Glenn Greenwald. So who the hell am I? To a play- do you remember, now, Chez, do you remember who Glenn Greenwald is now? No. Do you remember that I always have trouble saying his name in rapid succession, Glenn Greenwald? Uh, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, make sure not to demonize any Republican candidates who threaten your very existence. They're, they're harmless. Unless they're Donald Trump. Yeah, look, 
Some people care about their lives and the lives of their families. They care about not going bankrupt. They care about having equal rights and equal protection under the law. They care about voting rights and health insurance. So therefore, when a Republican runs for president, it doesn't matter whether it's Donald Trump or John McCain or Mitt Romney or George W. Bush. When they run for president and they're a threat to that, it's entirely within the realm of decency and appropriateness that they oppose those candidates. But not according to Glenn Greenwald. Tisk, 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 you. If you. If you said Mitt Romney was going to take away your health insurance, God help you. You're just a bad liberal. That's all you are. Just following along with the Democratic establishment saying Mitt Romney's going to take away your health insurance and go to war in Iran. Or John McCain was going to go to war in Iran, too. Sarah effing Palin was not a threat to democracy at all, no. All right. We got lots more to talk about on the post-mortem show. I realized on a Tuesday show we were wrapping up and I called it the after party. I meant to say the post-mortem. I have like four minutes. You sure about that? Four minutes. Well, we'll we'll do a brief one. Chesel just like lightning fast is right out the door. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, postmortem show coming up next to patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. Sign up now. Help support the show. It costs you next to nothing. Sign up at $1 a month, and it's only like 12 cents a show. You can afford that. Patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. And we'll see you on the postmortem show. Take care, folks. Bye bye.